The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary and also the opening of the Year of Mercy. How great it is that our Holy Father has proclaimed this Jubilee Year of Mercy and that it starts on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. So I want to preach a little bit about how these two things are related. And the image that came to mind was playing Monopoly with my little sister when I was a kid. And every time she rolled the dice and she landed like in jail or the go directly to jail square, she'd be like, do over. I get a roll over or a do over or a mulligan for all of you golfers. 
And I don't want to say like, that the Year of Mercy is like a divine do-over. But in a certain sense, it is. Because mercy, by its very nature, means that our Lord wants to rescue you. That in the face of everything that I've done in my life, our Lord comes into my life and he heals me and he says, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And that's it. That's the way that mercy is conveyed in the Gospels. The blind men say, Son of David, have mercy on me. He comes and he opens their eyes. He says, your faith has saved you. Go on your way. And we're often not accustomed to this concept of mercy because we don't like the idea of getting a do-over, of just being able to start anew. To be able to start anew. Many of us who struggle with our sinful past, even though we've been forgiven in the sacrament of reconciliation, we spend a lot of our time worried about how am I going to make up for my past sins? I have to suffer more because I've sinned greatly. Because of all the wrong that I did in my 20s, I deserve to be kind of miserable right now. God wants this for me. It's purifying me. I have to do more penance. And doing penance as reparation for our sin, it's always supposed to be a healing remedy. It's something that we do in order to unite ourselves more to the love of Christ that we've received. But nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus enter into somebody's life, like the woman caught in adultery. He doesn't come to her and say, has nobody condemned you? No one, sir. Okay, go and do this really long pilgrimage and go wash everybody's houses for the next like five years and then come back and then I'll, you know, you can be part of my life. He doesn't say that. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And she just follows him. The prodigal son who returns to his father. He expects to have to work off his sin. He expects that he's going to go back to his father's house. He's going to say, I don't deserve to be called your son. And the father's going to say, darn right, you don't. Here's a shovel. You can work off your sin. And by the time, maybe by the end of my life, I'll kind of forgive you and accept you as my son again. But that's not the gospel that Jesus preaches. Jesus preaches this gospel where the prodigal comes back and he says, I don't deserve to be called your son. And the father embraces him and says, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet because this son of mine was dead. And now he's alive. And that experience of mercy, that experience of love transforms the prodigal's heart. 
and surely he works for his father the rest of his life. But never as the kind of punishment, always as a kind of gratitude for the amazing things that God, that his father did for him. The Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary is the first moment of mercy in the order of grace. It really is the first moment of mercy because nobody has done anything to deserve to be born without the stain of original sin. Not even the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Mother experiences it as mercy. In fact, when the angel comes to her, he says, Hail, full of grace. And she started kind of looking around like, huh? Are you talking to me? How is this possible? What kind of greeting is this? She was greatly troubled by what was said. Because how unbelievable would it be to be the one person who was born without the stain of original sin? She's surprised by the greeting. We might say she was surprised by that experience of being loved. And we too can be surprised by that greeting. If we go into prayer and we try to see the face of Christ who says to you, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. Are we comfortable in that or are we kind of surprised by it or greatly troubled by it? Do we want to run away from our Lord and say, I'm not ready yet, I haven't done enough to make up for my sins? Our Lord wants us to be transformed by his love. You know, that experience of wanting to run away from our Lord, that's as old as sin itself. In the first reading after original sin, Adam and his wife hide, and our Lord goes to find them because he wants to extend this mercy to them. And he says, where are you? And they're not honest with him. They say, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And then our Lord sort of supplies for them the truth. He says, so you ate of the fruit that I told you not to eat of. And he allows them to stand in that truth. And they do experience a kind of mercy because the Lord does not kill them. He clothes them. And he promises them that he will send a redeemer. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. He says to the serpent. He promises a redeemer. He promises the moment of mercy. St. Paul is another example of somebody who knows the reality of mercy. Because St. Paul has a similar experience of the Genesis experience. He's on his way to Damascus. And Jesus appears to him and he says, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And even though you've been persecuting me and killing my people, I'm calling you to a relationship with me. And then St. Paul lives out this life of gratitude and following our Lord and proclaiming the gospel. Saying, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. That is the gift that the church offers this year. To recognize that we can start over again from Christ. To allow him to transform our lives with his love. To come to know the reality that we are his beloved sons and daughters. One of the gifts that Pope Francis gave us this year is he declared that every cathedral would have a holy door. And so I think it's that door back there. That there's an indulgence attached to as we walk through it as a symbol of entering again for the first time. Preparing our hearts to enter again for the first time. It's like that divine duo. And to believe that our Lord can make all things new in our own hearts. And as a diocese, we'll have many initiatives to try to welcome people back in again as if for the first time. We've started to focus more on healing ministries in the diocese with Unbound and a healing ministry for divorced people and the initiatives for those who struggle with purity, whose marriages have been ruptured by that sin. The tribunal has just announced that they're going to waive all fees for the annulment process during the Year of Mercy, which is pretty amazing. So how many people do you know that say to you, I would get an annulment, but I can't afford it? Uh-huh, no excuses. It's a gift that the church wants to extend in order to bring as many people back through that door again as if for the first time. And that begins with us in our own hearts. And so today let us pray through the intercession of Mary, that first recipient of mercy, that our own hearts will be disposed to all of the gifts that our Lord wants to give to us this year. Most especially that we'll see the face of Christ who calls us to himself. That we'll be surprised by his love in a way that brings about our transformation and the desire in our own hearts to spread that good news of our Lord's love and mercy and redemption as a sign of our gratitude. To our Lord and to his church, which has offered us this overabundance of God's grace.
this year.